0: You've just tuned in to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past, the podcast that focuses on inspiring you to move forward from what's been holding you back in life. Each week, we talk with clinicians, coaches, mental health advocates, and those who've overcome tremendous odds and now use their journey to encourage you throughout yours. I'm Matt Pappas, certified coach and NLP master practitioner, alongside Joanne Supressi, author, certified coach, and hypnotherapist. In addition to talking with amazing guests on the show, we share practical tips and insightful strategies that empower and encourage you to break free from anxiety, self-doubt, and the negative mindsets that keep you stuck. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. And before we get to this week's episode, I wanted to take just a minute and thank our amazing sponsors. INLPcenter.org offers world-class online neuro-linguistic programming and life coach training to people in over 70 countries. I'm honored to be able to receive my certifications from INLP Center and utilize their research and incredible training programs and to daily recovery support interactive daily group calls in a safe atmosphere for survivors of complex trauma, equipping you with the skills and information you can use every single day in your healing journey. Learn more about this affordable resource and get signed up at cptsdfoundation.org. Both of these organizations believe in what we're doing here on Beyond Your Past, and we're very grateful to have them with us. So please consider checking them out, learning more about their programs and how you can get involved. And now let's jump into this week's episode with Joanne and I as we discuss our inner critic. So hey, everybody, welcome back to Beyond Your Past. It's Matt and Joanne here, and this week we are talking about your inner critic and how to respond to it. Sometimes we have a constant replay of criticisms in our mind that we don't even consciously realize that are replaying and affecting us. Sometimes we are moving too fast or distracting ourselves that we fail to realize this inner critic. And so we're going to talk about strategies to deal with your inner critic, ways that your inner critic manifests itself, where that voice comes, and all that stuff this week, right?
1: Yep. And we all have an inner critic inside of us, that voice that puts us down in some way. The inner critic tells us that we're not good enough, that we may be ugly, that we're stupid, that we are a disappointment and always will be. We can't do something or some other negative criticism. Many people feel or believe that this inner critic is in control. But fortunately, it does not have to be. You have more control and power over your inner critic than you realize. And today, Matt and I are going to offer you some tips to help you be more in charge of your inner critic. And we're going to start with an awesome one that Matt has to share with you.
0: Yeah, this is something that I wrote on my blog quite a while ago. It has its basis, at least as far as I know, it has its basis in NLP. And we're talking about giving your inner critic a name To help take charge. And so this all kind of comes around to the whole reframing thing. Right. And so um, when you give your inner critic a name, it can be helpful to call it something that, um, you know, you relate to in your past. Perhaps you want to call your inner critic a bully perhaps you want to call it some other name that resonates you maybe it's maybe it's somebody in your life who's toxic who 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 you have you who is no, is is no longer part of you perhaps it's it's a former boss it doesn't matter whatever name resonates you that you can physically use to call out that inner critic and address it is only going to be to your advantage because when you when you can address your inner critic by name, you feel more powerful and you can call out those negative messages that he or she is trying to tell you. So you feel more in control and less like you're being controlled because the inner critic loves to control you. It loves to use your past against you. It loves to to really just try and influence you in every way so that you get stuck. And so, you know, quite oftentimes if you're just sitting here and your inner critic is going to town about something that, uh, you know, that happened at work or at home or, you know, with a friend or whatever, if you're not able to properly address it, it's almost just like you're kind of talking to nothing. But if you can actually call it out and be like, you know, hey, listen here, insert whatever name it is, you feel more like you have power, and then that immediately starts to take the power away from, from your inner critic. So I love giving your inner critic a name. I've, I've, I've shared this many times. I've used it myself. Um, I think it's very helpful.
1: That's a really great tip, Matt. So what have you called your inner critic in the past?
0: The same name that, that well, the same reference that I call it now, and that's just, I refer to my inner critic as a bully. Because to me, the okay. inner critic loves to just bully me kind of almost in, into submission if I let him. So, you know, I mean, I've tried experimenting with with names of other people in my past and, and it didn't really resonate. So, you know, for me to call it out and say, listen here, bully, you know, I feel like I'm more in control. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, that's what works for me. But whatever you want to call it, as long as it resonates with you, that's the important thing to find something that works for you.
1: That's really good advice, Matt. I never used that uh, technique on myself, I tend to just growl at my inner critic. Growl, <laughs> <laughs> huh? Okay, yeah, why not? It sort of scares it away.
0: <laughs> hey, if that works, but right?
1: I have, but I have used it with some of my clients and they find it very helpful. So, but I love that tip. It's really, It's really helpful for many people.
0: All right, yes, awesome. You are exactly right, Joanne. And so another thing that I think it's it's really important to be aware of is that your inner critic loves to use a situation against you and then make it worse by piling everything on that you've seemingly done wrong or quote unquote failed at before, right? And, and this kind of goes along with with anxiety, right? Like anxiety doesn't just present you with one situation or or a react to one situation and then and then kind of let it go. Anxiety loves loves to pile on everything possible in your past, everything possible that you want to try and anticipate in the future and use that to its advantage. And so the inner critic kind of does something similar where if it feels like it has a hold of you or it's trying to get a hold of you and send you a message, it will then bring on everything possible in your past, try and make you feel worse about yourself and perpetuate the lie that it's trying to tell you, right? So if it it can kind of essentially beats you down, you're more apt to just give up and take your inner critic at face value rather than speaking back to it. And so it's, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things about, about trauma recovery, about healing from your past and really about anxiety and, 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 and many areas of life is understanding what's going on. So you can use it to your advantage and not feel like you're, you're, you're powerless, but rather you have power. And that's one of the ways, of understanding how your inner critic works works is that it will use not only the current situation that you're in, but everything else against you to try and kind of back you into a corner. So you'll basically give up and just say, you know what, you're right. This always happens. I always do this. It's never going to work out. I'm just not, you know, apt to be able to 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 do this or I'm always going to fail. And then you just kind of walk away dejected and, you know, have to kind of pick up the pieces. Whereas being able to understand what it's trying to do can kind of give you the upper hand.
1: Matt, that's so true. And every time you take your inner critic at face value and allow it to affect your emotions and actions and have control over your your life, you're empowering this inner critic. So it's important to find ways to take away this power. And questioning is one of the great ways to take away some of its power. So you ask questions like, would I want my child saying this to herself? Is this statement true does this statement benefit me when you ask yourself these questions you're not simply accepting what your inner critic is saying nor allowing instead you are taking a step back and examining it which lessens its power to control you
0: yeah that is so true and so I got a question for you Joanne have you used these these techniques um, you know perhaps with clients or with yourself and maybe you can share a little bit how how this works for you and your experience because I know I know it works for me
1: yeah yeah um, I, I like asking questions. I, um, as coaches, you know, we're always asking our our clients questions to dig deeper into themselves. So, you know, anytime, you know, you insult yourself or judge yourself in some way, you know, like a lot of people like, I'm so stupid, you know, so question that. Are you really stupid? You know, um, whenever you dig deeper and you ask yourself these questions and honestly answer back, you realize that you're not stupid. There are some things that you do know. There are some things that you Are very smart at, and um, by asking yourself questions, you know you reflect deeper about the truth of who you are instead of um, you know some of these negative assumptions that we put upon ourselves.
0: That is so true, And and it actually leads perfectly into the next one, and that is we are questioning what's going on. We are we are taking our power back by not just taking it at face value, and so if your inner critic is telling you something like. You're always going to fail at this. You're going to fail now. So rather than internalizing that as I'm going to fail, which, which is what you naturally do, right? You know, if your inner critic is in your head saying, well, remember last time this didn't work. See how you always fail at that. This is what always happens. Of course, you know, going in with the whole uh, extreme thinking type of stuff, you are, you immediately default to going, you know, to kind of turning that on, on to yourself as saying, well, if it's my inner critic, it must be true. So therefore If it says I'm going to fail, then I'm going to fail, right? So one of the ways that we can use the uh, reframing technique is to say, my inner critic is telling me that I'm going to fail. So you're kind of using like a third person thing here. You're not saying I'm going to fail. You are verbalizing to yourself, either out loud or in your head, that your inner critic is saying that you are going to fail. And so by doing that, you immediately separate yourself, diffuse the situation, then you, you allow yourself the ability to see what's really going on and not just internalize it and take it at face value. Like, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. Um, I know like we often say to ourselves, um, you know, I can't do this with with some type of goal that we have or, you know, or it's too hard. And um, but if we could reframe that and, and to ask ourselves some questions, you know, like, all right, how can I do this instead of I can't do this? You know, how can I find a way to do this? You know, did someone else do this? If they did it, I can do it. So there's so many other ways we can look at a situation besides through the lens of our inner critic.
0: You are exactly right, Joanne. It's just all about taking the time to pause and reassess the situation and not just take it at face value but figure out what other options you have. You know, we talk a lot yes. about working the problem and anxiety. And so one of the techniques that you also use to help the um you know your clients is to kind of write things down. So go ahead and yeah. share some about that.
1: Yeah, one technique that I love to use is to ask my clients to write down all of the judgments and criticisms that their inner critic is telling themselves. And then I ask them to read this list to themselves. Um, often I'll have them do it in front of me too, you know, or they can do it at home by themselves. And I would even suggest that everybody that is listening to this podcast, you know, pause the podcast or do it at the end of the podcast, you know, for a few seconds to write out your list of judgments and criticisms that you often tell yourselves. And then read them out loud to yourselves. And then when you read these self-defeating criticisms out loud, you're going to notice that there are going to be some reactions that happen in your body. You're going to notice some type of emotions that come out. And some of these emotions can be, you know, you might feel angry. You might feel sad. You might feel frustrated. Um, Often people feel tired or suppressed and Then your body actually has some reactions too. Sometimes people's stomach feels uneasy. uh, Their body gets tensed up. So by doing this exercise, you can witness how powerful your inner critic is. This is just reading this list one time. Can you imagine how saying these words to yourself on a consistent basis, how this affects you? And then, after I have my clients do this, I like to ask them to write down um, replies to all of these judgments and criticisms. And these replies should be upbuilding and encouraging. And then I ask them to read this list to themselves. And when you do this, you can see how different you feel. You can realize that by speaking, upbuilding words to yourself that you're going to feel more energized you're going to feel more motivated relieved and confident it's truly amazing how simply changing the way we speak to ourselves changes the way we feel
0: you are exactly right and that is such an incredible technique when you actually read out loud to yourself the things that you say to yourself you just realize how much you beat yourself up. I mean, believe me, I'm as guilty as anybody, and I tell you if I sat down to write this stuff out, it would take me a lot more than like a few seconds. Let me tell you that so and, and I mean I've used this with a coach in the past. I used it with clients is exactly write down everything that you said and then read it and see how how much you beat yourself up and then find more healthy uh, encouraging, validating, you know, replies and ways that you can reframe. it. so I love it. I think it's just, it's an amazing way to really just take stock of how you treat yourself and be more aware that the power of self-talk is just unbelievably huge. And so I got, I got one last one here, Joanne, and that is. Turning down the volume on your inner critic. Now I've gotten some emails about this one before this one. It might sound a little weird. So just kind of bear with me and I'll try and explain how it works. And, um, but essentially think about your inner critic. What does that voice sound like? Is it somebody, you know, someone from your past, somebody in your current life? Um, what does it actually sound like to like, what's the pitch? What's the, what's, what's, you know, the rate in which they're speaking? What's the manner? Like all the, all these different types of things. If you can change the way that voice sounds, it can become less intimidating, right? And so one of the ways that we can do that is consider the effectiveness of mindfulness in dealing with your inner critic, all right? So one of the benefits of mindfulness is that you learn how to allow thoughts to come into your head without judgment and allow them to leave on their own time, right? Like that's part of it's, it's part of meditation. It's part of being mindful is just understanding that. Things are going to come in your head, right? You know, it it could be thoughts about anything. But the idea, of course, is to let them come in without judgment, without beating yourself up, and then just let them go. Like that's part of one of the essential parts of mindfulness. And so when you can learn to let thoughts come into your head without judgment, without internalizing them, sitting quietly and releasing the need to control those thoughts helps greatly with you to learn to be in tune with yourself, with your body, with your mind, everything about you. And this teaches you that you can have feelings and thoughts and not hold on to them. They can come and they go. We just simply hang out and observe what's there. It's a very freeing kind of thing. It allows you to separate yourself from the need to judge yourself and overanalyze and overthink. And you uh, know, it's not easy. It takes practice. But when you can kind of really get a, you know a, a feel for it in a way that works for you, it's incredibly helpful. And so the more you do it, you begin to feel more in control of what's happening in your mind because you're able to be like, you know what? I got a thought coming in. I don't have to I don't have to hang on to this all day and let it take me down. I can just let it go and know that it doesn't define me. It's just a thought and that's it. And so I see and, and acknowledge this thought, or I see it acknowledge blank, but I don't have to hold on to it. Like actually say that to yourself and you feel less like you're being controlled again you know that's kind of like a like an underlying theme here of is not being controlled but rather feeling like you are in control and so you don't have to own what that what that thought is trying to tell you or in this case the inner critic just let it come let it go whatever right the more you do this you begin to able to turn down the volume of those critical thoughts by simply acknowledging them as they come and not giving them the power that they want and in time you're actually able to either Significantly turn down the volume, or uh, really just uh, lessen the frequency and intensity with which they come, because you're not giving them the power to really just kind of keep amping up the volume in your head and keep and you know and, and just pile on all the negative things. You're saying, you know what? I have an inner critical thought. I don't have to own it. It's gone. I'm good. And and then you move on. You do some self care. You lessen the intensity of it, or in a sense, turn down the volume. So. Uh, I use this uh, the first time somebody told this to me. I had to really practice it.
1: Yeah, I really do love this technique. I think it's very beneficial and helpful. Um, It does take practice. You know, I like to use something similar for people who have anxiety and fear. You know, when we feel the fear, we feel the anxiety Um, instead of feeding it. With you know trying to hold on to it or feeding it with more fear or more worry, more thoughts, just watch it, just feel it, just look at it, and you know, don't give it any more power than it already has, you know, and this also makes me think of you know bullies, you know the more attention we give a bully, the more we talk about the bully, the more we you know look at the bully, you know when you give attention to something, you give it more power, so I like how you know you just let it flow through you is. It's it works so well, and it with your inner critic and with so many other things um, like anxiety and fear. This is a really great technique, Matt.
0: It really does help. And again, you know, there are many different ways. And so, I would encourage you to try these, see if they work for you. Do some research, but ultimately understand that the power of self-talk is huge here. When you're, you know, as we begin to kind of wrap this up, Joanne, the power of self-talk is gigantic because. What you what you teach yourself by constantly saying the same things over and over, whether it's positive, negative or healthy or unhealthy, what you what you teach yourself, you reinforce and what you reinforce, you become rooted in. And that's what you default to what, you know, default to what you're rooted in, which is what we've talked about on previous podcasts here is understanding that. As you mentioned before about writing things down, when you understand how negatively you talk to yourself, you're able to then reframe that to turn it around in, into something that can be a benefit. And you can start to build those new pathways and start to treat yourself in a more kind, compassionate way, which really helps in just a variety of ways, not just with your inner critic.
1: Yeah. And like we've told you many times before, and we'll continue to tell you uh, again and again, is that you know all of these techniques and others, they take time and they take practice the first time you try them, they may not feel like they're working, but it's repetition, you know, is, is what really matters here. So, you know, when you're trying these techniques, you know, try them out for a whole week, you know, remind yourselves, leave notes around the house, you know, notes on your phone to remind you to practice these techniques, because that is, you know, the key to the success of silencing your inner critic, because your inner critic is going to remain a part of your life. You know, it's not, something that's just going to go away. But fortunately, as we've discussed today, it does not have to contr- have control over you, nor have the power to hijack your self-confidence and self-worth. So try these tips and practice them and you'll be amazed at how silent your inner critic can become.
0: This has been a great podcast. It's a great reminder that um, you know the inner critic is alive and well in everybody, but it only has the power that you allow it to have. If you don't want your inner critic to have power, there's ways to take it back. It just takes time. It takes awareness and seeing what works for you. So other than that, I think we are all set, Joanne. This has been awesome. And I can't wait to do the next show.
1: Me too. I'm looking forward to it, Matt.
0: Welcome to a new segment we have here called The Two-Minute Takeaway. We started this last week, and it's something that Joanne and I thought we could start incorporating, where we offer some final tips and insight and some encouragement to wrap up the podcast episode. And so for this week, we just want to reaffirm that, you know, the inner critic is tough. Everybody's got one. It doesn't matter whether everything in your life is perfect or whether everything is falling apart. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. We've all got some type of an inner critic. And as we talked about, it can be stronger for some, it can be not quite so strong, it can affect you greatly, maybe it's just a little nagging voice here and there, but regardless of how it affects you, it's there. And so it's important to remember that you don't have to take your inner critic at face value. You don't have to believe what he or she says. You can use strategies to calm down that voice, to feel like you're more in control, to lessen the feeling of being controlled by the inner critic. We talked about... This being similar to anxiety and how the inner critic does work with anxiety and how anxiety manifests itself in many ways in our life. And it uses tricks and lies to keep us stuck. And one of the ways it does that is by using our past against us. By taking things that we have done that we are not necessarily proud of, things that we might perceive as failures and kind of piling it on and just making things seem exponentially worse than they likely are. And so when you, when you're able to question the inner critic and understand where it's coming from and what it's trying to do, you feel like you don't have to listen to it. You feel like you have the power to take your power back. And that's the main thing in the battle against inner critic and in the battle against anxiety and so much. And so much in the world of any mental health challenge is really understanding how important it is to question what's going on, to use your logical, rational mind to make a wise decision on your own behalf. And we really do appreciate you sharing these episodes with other people. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we're always open to your feedback. And we also want to say a big thank you to our sponsors, INLPcenter.org and CPTSD Foundation. Both of these organizations are amazing, and they believe in what we're doing here on the podcast, and we are grateful. So definitely check them out at INLPcenter.org or head over to CPTSDfoundation.org and see about ways that you can help support them, get involved with their programs, and utilize their amazing resources. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should supersede the direction of a medical doctor or any mental health professional. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. We would sure appreciate it. Also, please consider sharing this episode with someone who may find it helpful. If you would like more information on working with Matt as your coach, just head over to beyondyourpast.com and schedule your free one-hour chat. If you'd like to learn more about working with Joanne as your coach, please check out joannesupressi.com and contact her for more information. We're always on the lookout for new guests. If you're interested in joining us on an upcoming episode, just head over to beyondyourpastradio.com and contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.